0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com
1: awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help.
0: Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages.
1: Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne causing bacteria by a whopping 90%.
0: Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see, it stops new breakouts in their tracks It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day.
1: As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access.
0: Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Cole bennett Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional
1: shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. Hi, Cara. Hello, Vanessa. So I've been thinking a lot about how wonderful it is that families will be able to celebrate holidays together this year. And I've also been thinking all about the wonderful landmines that well-meaning relatives and family friends can step on when engaging with kids in puberty and adolescence. And I'm sure everyone listening can think back to that one awkward, scarring, traumatic moment when a relative (laughs) said something that they're still carrying with them 30 years, 40 years, 50 years later about their- I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Well, you lived with them. Your brothers just played that role for you every single day. You know, comments about weight and breasts and height and voice and body hair and zits. I mean, it is just like a cornucopia to stay on theme. And
0: you explained to me why people can make comments about all those things, but they cannot tell you when you have spinach in your teeth.
1: (laughs) Totally. like I don't understand please. why no one will tell you. That to me is the sign of a really good friend is when they will tell you when you have food in your teeth. 100%,
0: 100%. But you know what's interesting about this topic you've been thinking about, Vanessa? It's interesting because at least in my family, we've had a two-year hiatus from all of these family gatherings. The first year was, you know, 2020 peak COVID year one No one gathered. And the second year, we had a new wave coming through with COVID, and it was sort of the Delta, end of Delta, early Omicron wave. And, you know, a lot of people, my family included, chose not to gather. Now, a lot of people did choose to gather, but in my family, we've had two years off. So I feel particularly flat footed, and I think probably many other people do at the prospect of handling a a gathering and all
1: that comes along
0: with a gathering.
1: So let's start with how we handle the outward pubescent signs of our kids and how- You mean
0: when someone walks in the door with (laughs) boobs that they never had before? Is that really what you mean?
1: Or or facial hair or- Uncle Joe says, wow, would you get a look at those? right i don't have an i don't have an uncle joe but if i did that's what he would say right so it's all the outward physical manifestations the boobs the height the acne all of those wonderful things and some kids are going to handle it one way and some kids will handle it another way some adults will handle it one way well meaning perhaps And other adults will be thoughtless. So I want to do like a little scenario. Let's do like a little role play here. You have a kid. Are you Uncle Joe? (laughs) No, Uncle Joe needs to be not invited to Thanksgiving. Uncle Joe did not get invited this year. Let's say you have a well meaning great aunt who is beloved and kind and caring, but doesn't always have a filter on how they talk to the kids in their lives. And they're desperate to connect to these you know, great nieces and nephews who they love. But they're not always so great at figuring out what is the right thing to say or when is the right time. So let's say you've got a kid who's grown six inches, gained 40 pounds, has... Uh, I don't know. I don't want to gender it, but like has many outward physical signs of having... Has a face covered with
0: pimples. Has a face a covered bit. in
1: pimples. Maybe their hair could use a little wash. And you're like, okay, I know my family well enough to know that my wonderful aunt, the first thing they're going to say is either A, God, you're enormous, or B, you've put on a lot of weight, or C... I can help you with that acne. I have a dermatologist that I can really recommend. Or D, although this is the least likely one. God, kiddo, you stink. Like, have you picked up any deodorant recently? Right. So those are like some four scenarios. Car- no, no, there's
0: there's a, there's a great aunt figure <laughs> that I can think of. Yes. Who actually would say the, have you thought about a shower on the first hug? And by the way, that imaginary character that defies gender and defies age. Cause it could be, you know, you, you come up with the character that fits that archetype in your life, but that character is saying what everyone else is thinking. Right. That I think that's really the, the part that makes it feel super loaded to the observer parent or adult in the situation who just loves the kid. And it took everything to get the kid to the holiday in the first place. And now this, and that's you know, so we're saying I, whatever
1: right. They're saying what everyone's thinking, except many of us have trained ourselves and worked really, really hard against all inclination to keep our mouths shut when yes. there are things we want to say. Okay, baby, we don't keep our mouths shut all the time, but we try to keep our mouth shut. So I like to say that if you have a family member who you know is the human equivalent of a puberty landmine, you might want to think about either finding a quiet moment with them when you arrive and say, listen, my kid's feeling kind of self-conscious. It would be great if you could talk to them about movies or books or the news, but we're really trying to stay away from like having body talk. Here's the problem with that approach. Yes. It works with some. Yes.
0: But with others,
1: <laughs> you're it say. goes something <laughs> like this. Okay, no problem.
0: Then sidles over <laughs> to said child and says, I hear you're feeling really vulnerable <laughs> <You're right>. about <laughs> you know or because, your
1: mother told me not to say it, anything about it, your exactly. acne, but I couldn't help but recommend the dermatologist it, that I recently found. Your mother said, Don't say anything about
0: your acne. I think
1: you're beautiful. Right. Which by the way I'm on is, your side, kiddo. Your mother's right.
0: I mean, so there are very there are a lot of versions of it. So that is one way to do it. Another way to do it Vanessa is to get in front of it. If you really know that person's going to be there, you can connect with them ahead of time and say you are someone who's so important in fill in the blank kid's life and just want you to know that, you know, they've grown a lot this year or you're going to see how they've changed and they've really transformed and they don't want to talk about it. And here's a really great strategy. You can use this language. They are going to want to connect with you and hang out with you much more if you avoid the topic. Ooh, than if I you like call that. attention,
1: right? So I like I'm that. just giving you the secret heads up so that you know, yep. Yeah, I love that. And you can even say, we just saw this play. They really loved it. Talk to them about that. Or they just read this classic book. Maybe you want to talk about that. Or you can ask them what kind of music they're listening to. Give them some ideas because the truth is adults are often just looking to connect with kids and they just put their foot in it, but they're not intending to be unkind
0: now on a related note don't ask college bound students where where they're they're applying applying. (laughs) okay yes that has nothing to do with body and puberty but has everything to do with holidays high
1: school seniors do not ask them where they're applying where they've gotten in none of it you can say hey you know what i know you're a senior and i am not going to ask you anything about college let's talk about your fantasy football league and leave it at that okay now You may have been a little busy before the holidays and not able to reach out to your great aunt or that family friend who you know is gonna just walk right into that dog shit of puberty awkwardness. So you're there. And you're on the other side of the living room. And like what you really want to do, you can see the windup. <laughs> and it's like you want to it's throw yourself grenade. Oh! And you're too far away. And you can see it all happening in front of you. And that particular family member actually talks really loudly. So everyone else in the room can hear them saying something along the lines of, those boobies are so big.
0: When did that happen? Okay. I have like two or three immediate things that I could think of doing in that situation. Yes. Go. Okay. Number one, immediately pull your phone out of your pocket and call your kid and like get them out of the... Like give them a reason to get out of the conversation. To flee. Right. It's the only time I'm ever going to say great idea to have your phone accessible at a holiday. Yes. Number two, run across the room as graceful as you can and just physically say them, oh my gosh, you know, so-and-so, can I grab you for a second? I need you in the kitchen or I need you here. Or I need you there. Don't even engage. Just yeah. something has come up, right? Anything you can do to save your kid. And when you do do that, you guys can acknowledge it and laugh about it. Or frankly, you can just move on. They know what you did. You don't need any credit, right? So the worst outcome I find is when you save a kid from a painful situation only to turn around and say, how happy are you that I saved you from that situation? Which maybe I've been guilty of from time to time. It does not, like you're not the hero, but you're the hero. So just be the silent hero.
1: So this is a perfect illustration of how different you and I are, you're like subtle and diplomatic and come in, you know, tiptoeing through the side door. And my instinct is like, hey, you know what, Aunt Flo, we actually like don't talk about other people's bodies in our family. And if they want to talk about it with you, they'll bring it up. But otherwise, we just kind of like talk about other stuff. Car would but, never do that in well, a million I wouldn't years. I would do it. I
0: wouldn't do it because... I am pathologically (laughs) non-confrontational. And I think there's a way to do it that's not shaming, but there's a way to do it that could be very shaming. And so I do think it's an important thing to say. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a really important thing to say. I think each family has to gauge when and how they say it, but to not say it is a missed opportunity. So I I really give you a lot of credit for saying it. I just got to find my way in
1: is just going to find the non-confrontational way of saying, please don't talk to my child that way. I'm calling uh, Vanessa. FaceTime Vanessa. <laughs> FaceTime Vanessa. Here, <laughs> you can talk to Vanessa about talking to my kid. If you listen to enough of our episodes, you'll hear us preach the importance of air, particularly down there. Airing out body parts reduces sweatiness, stinkiness, and skin irritation. And it feels amazing to air it all out after a long day in tight, sweaty clothes. Which is why
0: we created the Umshort, Super soft, lightweight, with wide legs and a low crotch. All help air flow. Designed for all genders, in all sizes, literally down to kids extra small and up to men's extra large. Everyone who wears them tells us they've never been so comfy. Get your shorts at myoomla.com.
1: Cara, lately, I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine, and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep. And I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky. And I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. (laughs) And it's because
0: unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, magnesium breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, magnesium breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause.
1: We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B I O P T I M I Z E R S dot com slash puberty, and you can use the code puberty10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is puberty10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Vanessa.
0: We literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is Factors ready to eat meals. They have been a godsend.
1: We throw our Factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies.
0: So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking and cleaning you can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. And you can press, pause, or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle.
1: So to order, go to com slash puberty50 and use the code PUBERTY50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is PUBERTY50 at com slash PUBERTY50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house.
0: Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving.
1: And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them.
0: Dry a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save
1: $5. Okay, so this is a good transition to address the issue of weight. Because yes. this is an area where, because I have my own stuff about how people talk to me about my weight growing up, I do get, I wouldn't say aggressive, but I am I'm quite sensitive about this. I'm sensitive. And also sensitive. I'm more upfront than I might be about other stuff, which is if you are sitting around a holiday table
0: Which is all about food, by the way, holidays. Which is all
1: about food. And it's all about eating in a way that we don't normally eat because it's celebratory and there are special foods that maybe we only eat once a year. And also maybe our kids are bored out of their minds and the only thing to entertain them is eating because we've already told them 10 times to get off their phones. Except when you're calling to save them. Except when you're calling to save them
0: from Aunt flow. By the way, I like that you chose Aunt Flo and that's a euphemism for period, but Well, go I on. did it
1: on purpose. Also, my grandma's name was Florence. So I had a grandma Flo and my daughter's middle name is Florence. So I'm not using that in any way to deride people whose names are Flo because there are people in my life who have that name who I love very much. But it was like a funny puberty wink wink. So you're sitting at the table and your kid is going in for like piece of pumpkin pie number six. And you know, Uncle Jerry is like, whoa, kiddo, you look like you've already had too much pie. Right. And I want to pause there and just say,
0: when your kid was three or four or five and went in for, you know, the 12th candy cane or whatever, the internal dialogue was, oh, they're going to throw up tonight. They're going to be up all night bouncing off the walls. They're never going to go to bed. This time. When kids are in puberty, the internal dialogue is actually usually not about that. There may be a version of that, but the much louder dialogue is about body shape, self-esteem, body image, and all of the emotional pieces that go along with being on the receiving end of a comment like that
1: for your kid. So you may have a kid who turns around Uncle Jerry and tells Uncle Jerry to stuff it. But more likely, you're just going to those have are your a kid. children. Those are my children. Actually, oh, well, maybe one of my children. But I mean, they'll like, say it amazingly well. They'll say it, they'll say it with a good sense of humor, but they'll still tell them to stuff it. But more likely, teach me a thing or two. <laughs> more likely, they'll just internalize whatever the comment is, and if you're there, and if you hear it, and again, Carl will have a different way of addressing this. I do think it's our jobs as they're... People who are keeping kids healthy and safe to step in and say, "Hey, you know what, Uncle Terry? We actually let our kids decide when they're full and if they've had enough to eat. And this is a holiday, and we're celebrating, so we don't like censor their choices."
0: I want to sort of make the case for the person who doesn't want to do that publicly or right there in the moment, and I want to say that my How kids. Did I would... know you were going to say, "Yeah, <laughs> you actually, like teed it up. You fed me." <laughs> this my kids would say if if that's how i reacted publicly in front of other people they would say that it was more, more embarrassing shaming, right more right so it depends on your kids it depends on your family dynamic it depends on you and your feelings and it ha- actually depends upon the person who's who's handing out the insult who doesn't mean to be handing out an insult necessarily but who is because you know i can think of one relative in my family who if i did that it would turn into World War Three. It would literally right. take down the entire evening. And so, right. you do have to think about kind of how you want to approach each of these things and give yourself permission to do it differently in different scenarios with different people.
1: Ultimately, for me, and I, th- I think there's right. There are some people who will blow up a whole Thanksgiving meal if you do that. But ultimately, my kids' feelings are more important than whether or not I offend someone else. And that will play out in different ways in different families. And some kids will be more embarrassed if you say something. Some kids will feel betrayed if you don't say something. It will depend on all of it. That's right. But ultimately, and I'm going to use profanity here, I don't give a shit about that person's feelings more than I care about my kid's emotional well-being. And on any given day, I will stick up for my kid in the way that is appropriate for my kid. Right. And each of your kids,
0: knowing them now a bit more than ever before, (laughs) because I lived with you for a few days, each of your kids would feel differently about how you would approach that. And so I think... Again, to the listeners, there is not one right way. Totally, The goal is to show, not tell, to show your kid this is not okay.
1: And there's another, I mean, there's another way to do it, which is like kind of passive aggressive, but also hilarious and something you can laugh with your kid about afterwards if they're old enough to to get this. Which is that you model for this other relative with either that child or another child how you wish that relative had said something like... Yeah, no, well, flow is not going to buy this. Go ahead. No, I don't care about flow, but what you're doing is publicly modeling how one talks to a kid about what they're eating or not eating, right? Because there's the flip side, car, which is the kid who has grown super fast and hasn't put on any weight, a kid who's struggling with body image issues or eating disorders or other challenges around food and people don't know and you don't want to share it. It's not for public consumption, but you're really trying to protect that kid, right? So then there's like, you know, good old family friend, so-and-so. I can't come up with a name. I'm like trying to come up with a name without offending anyone. Who's like, got to put some meat on those bones, kiddo. Like you're looking super skinny or, oh, you're looking so thin. You look so great. and like. There's another moment. Do you step in and embarrass the kid more? Do you step in and say, hey, kiddo, I'm on your side? Do you step in and say, hey, you know what? You seem like you've had enough to eat. I'm cool with that. If you want to like help clear the dishes, that's fine. I mean, there's all these different scenarios. I
0: like that language, by the way, because I think people do need language. And I think that's great, great language. I will say, though, that there's also the scenario where the child, is overindulging. Yes. And no one is saying anything. Right. Maybe no one is noticing, but you're noticing. Right. And handling that is a whole other kettle of fish.
1: So I might have some people in my house who love dessert and who they have like that special extra compartment in their stomachs for dessert. You know, the some people stomach. have it. It's some people. It's a very good stomach. It's a very special place in our bodies. And then with a kid like that, you know, you might clock it. You might also be aware that other people are clocking it. And like, again, like the pin and the grenade is about to be pulled out (laughs) and you want to prevent that. So you might go over and say, I love that you're enjoying the hot food on the holiday, but I'm actually concerned you're going to start to feel sick pretty soon. So I want you to just like take a minute, listen to your body, think about how you're feeling, and then make a call about whether this might be your last plate of dessert.
0: Or you can get in front of it if you know you've got those kids and you can say on the way over, you know, hey, in advance of tonight, I don't want to be the person who comes over and has to play referee with dessert. Like you're grown up, listen to your body, just take your own internal cues. I don't want to have a whole thing when we're there. And if you have a child who does not have an eating disorder or eating issues where they're really struggling, that is often a really helpful thing to say. It is generally not a helpful thing to say when you do have a child who's struggling with eating disorders. If you do have that child, please consult the healthcare professionals who are helping you manage the issue and get some language from them about how to go into this because there's a little bit more of an eggshell situation there. Whereas if you have a a child who's got no issues around food and it's just an issue around poor choices, it's very easy for some of those kids to just get in front of it and say, I am not going to say anything while we're there. I would really appreciate you're mature enough to have your own cell phone. It'd be great if you're mature enough to listen to yourself when you've had enough dessert, you know, that kind of thing.
1: And if you have kids who are either struggling with eating stuff or are just like super picky eaters find out what's on the menu if you're not the one cooking and make sure there are options for your kid. And if you have a host who is resolutely against having kid-friendly options or options for people who have very specific eating habits, bring some food for that kid. I mean, there's no reason for them to suffer. Pre-feed and then have dinner when you get
0: home too. Like make it clear to your kid you're on their side,
1: right? A 100%. The last thing I want to say, because this might have been something I've experienced in the past. It's Thanksgiving morning, your kids have to wear something nice. You haven't bought them any nice clothes since like May of last year. None of their clothes fit. And you're running around the house screaming at your kids to get dressed and that they're not dressed appropriately, but they don't have anything to wear that fits them because they have grown and gained weight and grown breasts and all of this stuff. And that's a really crummy feeling for kids when you're forcing them to wear clothes that don't feel good on them Forget and don't that.
0: fit. It's a crummy feeling for anyone. I mean, yes. Oh, hundred like percent. We all know how that feels. And so turning on your empathy meter and being like, oh, wait, I remember this feeling. We've all had that. It's really, really important it might be helpful to get in front of it. Yes. You know, one of the reasons we are bringing it up now is it gives you a little bit of time to get in front of it and have a couple of days, but if you find yourself in that last minute position, just whatever you can do to help them feel good. Remember, people look as good as they feel. Mm-hmm. So, you can put a t-shirt and a pair of jeans on and you can look incredibly pulled together and like you've got everything going for you because you feel great and you can put on a suit or a dress that fits terribly and feels horrible and you can look terrible.
1: As Mary Pat likes to say, often people's outsides match their insides.
0: That's right. And sometimes people's insides match their outsides. Yeah. In this case, when you're when you're trying to figure out clothes. So let go of, you know, it's we're so lucky that in this day and age that the formality of dressing up has relaxed a
1: bit because Oh you Cara, know. you are not related <laughs> to Lynn Kroll. And, and I live on the West Coast. And you lived in California. So In New York, in my family, there are certain standards for how one dresses. So what I do is a couple weeks before a holiday, I say to my kids, Hey, guys, you know what Mima wants you to wear for the holiday. And I don't blame her. It's very nice when you work really hard to prepare a meal when people are dressed respectfully for that meal. So I say, we got to pick out something. I need you to try on your clothes. If you don't have stuff that fits, let's get on it now. And then they show up and they feel good and she feels respected. I love you, mom. And we may have missed, there may be other issues that we're not thinking about that come up in your own family. But essentially, the tenets are, if you know there's a thing that's likely going to be an issue, try to get ahead of it before the day itself, respectfully, kindly, and warmly. If there is an issue on the day, it's like Encyclopedia Brown books. You can take option a from kara which is diplomatic and non confrontational and very upbeat or you can take option b option V, V V for very confrontational and self-righteous. No, I mean, not literally, but like a little bit.
0: No, you're not very confrontational. You're direct, you're forthright. (laughs) You're, you you know what? We can spin all the ways that (laughs) the other one does it very positively.
1: But the point is you're going to choose the right way for your kid in your family situation in the, in any given setting but ultimately, our job is not to scar kids on Thanksgiving or Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you're celebrating. Our job is to make them feel good and happy and not to have them look back in 30 years time and remember how they were traumatized on a given holiday.
0: Here's my parting advice. When something goes south and Which something will, will go <laughs> south, laugh about it later help your family reframe the bananas thing, whatever it was, fill in the blank, as hilarious, ridiculous. It becomes an inside joke. It bonds you as a unit and it gives your kids permission to find humor in a place that might be very painful. And you don't have to blow off the painful part. You can acknowledge it. Yeah. But there is a way to acknowledge the painful part and laugh about it together. And there's so much power in that.
1: I love that. I love that advice. Laughter is always a wonderful tonic, along with the <laughs> gin and tonic you're going to have at Thanksgiving. dude. <laughs> that was coming <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. So I actually want to say that in gratitude and the spirit of Thanksgiving, in gratitude to all of our amazing listeners who week in and week out give us advice, encouragement, insight into their lives. We are so grateful and thankful to you all for being a part of this community, this puberty community, as bizarre and hilarious as that sounds. So in gratitude to you and Cara, in gratitude to you for being an amazing partner and co-host. I couldn't be any luckier. Right back at you. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for listening.
0: You can follow us anywhere you get your podcasts. Or check out our Instagram at the Puberty Podcast. If you have questions or stories to share, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. And for more puberty info, check out myoomla.com or dynamogirl.com. Bye.